Hello, guys. Hey, welcome back. It's Kent, Carter, and Zach. We are back with episode nine of Roundtable Radio. Um, thank you guys for listening to last week's episode. Um, yeah, here we are back with episode <laughs> nine. Um, God, I'm blanking. Let's start with uh, the first topic. Zach, do you want to introduce this one? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna hit on something we talked about last week. We brought up um, there was a story that broke from Union County. Um, Apparently, there was a child found handcuffed to his front porch with a dead chicken hanging around its neck uh, in a foster home. We talked about it a little bit last week. We're not going to go into all the full details. Um, you can listen to last week's episode if you want to check those out. But uh, just kind of a little bit of a follow-up. Uh, there was an interview from an article that broke mid uh, about mid-middle Tuesday, Wednesday this week where um, they interviewed a 20-year-old kid that had apparently lived in this house before and said he grew up in a loving, caring home and that... Uh, these two kids here, um, we're doing technical stuff. Okay. Anyway, so um, he said, you know, the 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 home was normal and there's nothing wrong. And this kid himself had problems, so it kind of he's assuming the problems are on this kid here by himself, and that they shouldn't necessarily blame the parents for what happened. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on on this whole situation? Where I understand that maybe the kid may have psychological problems, but I don't think that justifies these parents handcuffing their kids to a porch even though it's a foster child, handcuffing the kids to the porch. Um, are you guys in a position right now where you'd give the parents a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here, or are you just still kind of sick with them and just kind of wait, wait it out see what happens? What are your thoughts? I think there's something wrong if the police show up and your kid's sitting there on the front porch with a dead chicken around his neck. Like, whatever happened before that was not good, and whatever's happening after that, that kid's going to be mm -hmm. scarred a little bit from something. Yeah. Well, we I don't really know what it is. Yeah, I know they mentioned that the, the child um, was the fifth and final child to come into the house, and all the other children had enjoyed right, living with right, their parents right. in a loving, caring home, but apparently this kid had issues, and he abused animals. Apparently he, he was the one that killed the chicken, and they kind of hung the chicken on his neck. It's like, shame, you don't want to do this. Um, but there's a better way to punish your kid than no, absolutely. put a dead animal around them. You know, that's here's, crazy. here's what they're saying that's going to be interesting, though, long term. They said they did it as a... Well, the rumor from the, the child is they, they think they did it as a precautionary measure because the child was acting out against animals and they feared the child acting out against the other kids in the home. That's ridiculous. If you have a fear that your kid or the, the kid in your house is going to harm anyone else in your house, then you need to go get them psych psychologically evaluated, even if they like show kind of tendencies towards animals because that's kind of ridiculous. So what I don't understand is why it would why this was like a even like a thought in anyone's mind mm -hmm. to do when clearly there are better options, like take this kid to go get help or something, or maybe put well, I him. Think, I think the child was already psychologically evaluated, and it, it was proven that he had issues. I think they were just trying to find a place and where he was staying. what are we stay. doing now? So no, why does he now have issues, and now we're putting him outside with a chicken on his neck? These parents don't get a pass from me. I don't, like this story just gets more bizarre. It sounded, it sounded kind of right. Yeah, it sounded, it's getting more and more ridiculous as the story, I think the parents need to be evaluated because something's wrong with them and those kids. I don't know who this 20-year-old was that spoke to the um, media, but uh, I don't know why he's out here defending. Well, I know why he's out here defending his parents. But there's just a lot of hurt and ridiculousness going on, and no, they don't get a, a pass. I don't think they all. handled it correctly. I think even even if they were feared, you know, say the kid snapped the previous night and they were fearing for their children, I think they still had a responsibility, even if they felt the need to put them in handcuffs, still take them to the police at that moment. I don't care what time of day it is. We're in, we're in a modern society. We can go to the police office any hour of the day, um, especially in Union County. You're going to have access to that. So if you feel like you need to take the child to the police or have some assistance in handling him, you can call the cops any time of the day. So I don't think they handled this correctly. 
I, I mean, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here and say maybe the kid was, uh, the child that was in, in question here, maybe he did have the psychological problems, maybe he had issues. And I understand where the parents want to protect their kids. I think that's the right intentions. But at the same time, you, you can't be treating your kids like this. I think the Union County's got to reevaluate their whole social system. And again, we talked about this father was in charge of part of this. He's a social worker. He's like a manager. So I think they need to check on this. Um, we probably won't touch on this for a few weeks. We're going to wait till everything finishes up and just let you know if, if these parents get arrested or what. I think they had a court hearing Monday. Uh, I don't think they've really publicly discussed the results of that. But, yeah, I just want to touch on that. Let you guys know what happened because we broke that really quick and really, like, happenstance last week. So I just want to give you an update and a full story because we gave you, like, really condensed stuff last week. That's all we've got on that topic right there. Our next topic today, we'll be talking about Iran and all the stuff that's been developing with that recently. Well, um, if you guys have been paying attention to the news, um, they just, I think, I believe it was last night, they got a, they struck an Iran nuclear deal. It included, let me pull this up, um, the foreign minister of Iran, Chinese foreign minister, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry, Russian foreign minister, and the French foreign minister. Yeah, so they got something in Geneva with the U.N. Um, of course, this has been in the news since, like, God knows when. Yeah, exactly. So Iran's nuclear program has been um, the talk of the town, the global town, for a while now. And so they just struck this deal. Um, and here's a fine print about it, because there's a, there's a lot going on. As you know, there have been a lot of um, sanctions put on Iran. So under this agreement, if they do, I think they're supposed to reduce their... Um, their uranium enrichment to a certain amount, and then they're not supposed to—they're not supposed to reach a certain amount where you can develop um, weapons through that. And they are through this getting six to seven billion dollars back in relief. Um, but it, the thing is that they have the potential to get a hundred billion dollars in relief if they—I guess if they act right. Because right now, with the sanctions in place, they're only getting six to seven dollars, six to seven billion dollars in relief right now. But um, you guys have anything to say? While I pull this? Yes. I don't know. People in Tehran are saying that, but I'm also sad when I think about how we have lived under pressure for the past 10 years because of bad decisions of some politicians. So some people think it's the past president that has led to the breakdown between the U.S. and Iran a little bit and that all this progress is being made between our two countries because there's a new president in their country. I think it's clearly progress on our on side because they've gotten what they've been pushing for for years and what they've been doing illegally for years. Um, they've been developing weapons and nuclear power plants, so they had no right to develop to begin with because certain countries have proven their track record with how they, they handle things politically and how they handle um, with other countries that they have a, a given right to develop these kind of energies and these kind of technologies. They can be trusted with it. But Iran, who has a strictly militant history, I feel like, um, they have a history of invading other countries and doing all the all the illegal things. Not necessarily illegal, but I'm saying they're having their countries out here invading other countries. I'm not saying every year, but they have a history of that. So I don't think they should be trusted with these kind of weapons. And yet, after all this this um, this talk of how they shouldn't have any and they they should, you know, just kind of keep them at a down low. Now it seems like we've come and made an agreement where okay, we're going to let you have them, which I don't agree with at all. And I see where also we've talked about Israel. I uh, can't mention Israel earlier. They're they're really upset with Iran. I think Carter's got a few comments on the interaction as well. Yeah, um, the fine print. I pulled it up here. Basically, they um, Iran has agreed to halt any enrichment above five percent and to neutralize any of their stockpiles near twenty percent, and that's um, basically what's close to developing weapons grade fuel. And of course, Iran has been. They also agreed to unprecedented 
unprecedented transparency and intrusive monitoring monitoring of its nuclear program. So I guess the UN will be getting together to do that. Um, of course, Iran this whole time has been saying that they're just um, they've been developing their nuclear power plant for um, peaceful use usage usage. So now I guess I mean that's always been debated and protested whether or not they're doing that. But um, I guess now since they have to get rid of anything that's close to weapons grade nuclear levels and that they have to keep it at like a cap. Um, I guess there'll be more eyes on that. Um, and yeah, like we said, there are a lot of people talking. Um, let me see. The Israel, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, <laughs> was um, he's very upset about it. He called it a historical mistake. Um, there's another quote. There's another quote that I liked from um, Ali Vayas, who's a senior Iran analysis for International Crisis Group. He tweeted <laughs> last night. He said, well, you got to do what you got to do. He said, like hurtling track and out. field, springing over the first obstacle does not guarantee victory, but without without it, the race is lost. Basically, it's a long path forward. Yeah, basically, it's a long path forward. I think, honestly, I don't think anyone is happy with the agreement 100%. I don't think even, I don't think the Obama administration is 100% happy because it's clearly not what they want. If it's compromised, no one's going to be 100% happy. I know, that's what I'm that, saying. Yeah. So I don't, I don't. I understand why Israel's a little upset. I understand um, some members of the GOP spoke out. I understand why everyone's upset, but I think what people have to understand is with a, when you're dealing with like a gl on a global scale like this, you have to take smaller steps. Like I understand that we want to keep everyone safe and whatnot, but uh, how do I phrase this? There's only so much you can do within a certain amount of time. I think. I think it's a good step forward. I think that I hope I, I hope that they'll be able to keep up to these standards and monitor um yeah and monitor Iran's nuclear um nuclear developments. I do hope that everyone can remain diplomatic and kind of keep it but I I don't think that it's necessarily the right time to be jumping on and saying, "Oh, this is a bad deal. This is a bad deal. We should be doing this. We should be doing that." I think yeah, I think that at this time we should kind of take what we get and kind of move forward to it. I don't know. I guess we're going to have to see how Iran deals with these sanctions and um deals with these guidelines now from the future but I think I think it's a it's a pretty good first step I think considering the relationship that Iran has had with US um, with the US in recent years I think in this article it said that this was the first um, where was it yeah these uh, the two countries US and Iran have had no formal ties since the 1979 Iranian revolution and um, yeah so I think it's a good first step considering the relationships between the two countries but I hope everyone kind of agrees agrees to the terms and complies with them. I like what you're saying when you're saying they tried to make steps, and I think that's a, a good positive note to come out of it. But at the same time, I'm I'm personally disappointed in this agreement. Um, we're, we're stepping in the right direction, though. We're talking, each country's are talking to I each think other. It's, I think it's right to talk, but I think the problem here is we've had this position for so long that we've come to an understanding that Iran has no business using nuclear technology and they don't need to be using nuclear technology. You think we're stepping technology. away from that now? I think we're, we're kind of giving up on, on that push because I feel like with Iran's history, they haven't proven that they deserve nuclear technology and those potential, what has the potential to become weapons. I, I think we've, we've held by that for a long time. and You've seen with their, their recent leaders as well that they don't deserve that technology. So suddenly it's like we're going to give it to them. Not now we're going to delay giving it to them at the same time we're allowing them to potential to, to have this issue later on. So I don't know if maybe we're stalling and we're going to hold our position or if just the current 
the current government has decided, hey, we'll we're going to... It's like a time will yeah. tell kind of thing. I think we're taking what we can get now. Um, I don't think that... I mean, no one's in a position outside of Iran to say, hey, 100%, you need to do this, and Iran's going to listen. You know what I mean? So I think that the fact that we have the fact that we have all these countries standing behind us and all of them in agreement, I think it's a great step forward. I think it's a little too early, like I said, for people to be jumping and kind of criticizing the whole thing. Like I said, considering the relationship between the two countries, I do think this is a good step... Um, step forward for the future and i hope iran does <laughs> comply with the rules and i think i think what's going to be the issue though is a few years down the road if we're going to hold to our position that we've had all along is that they don't they don't need nuclear technology we're going to have to go back on what we said initially is that we're well, right now we're saying we're going to allow them to do it down the road so i think we're going to either have to go back on that and rehold our position or if we're giving it up now we're just delaying giving up which i don't i don't see that we need to do that in this situation well i think it's a more of a I, like you said, it's more of a compromise. Nobody's 100% happy with the deal. You're kind of giving them, we're saying, okay, you know what? You guys say that you want this for peaceful for peaceful purposes. Then here, let's give you the amount that you can use for peaceful purposes. Don't go beyond this threshold, which has been the talk of the town for a while now. So now here are your new guidelines. Here's a little bit of aid and um, a little financial aid. You have, now Iran knows that they have the, the um, ability to gain a lot more in financial aid. So it's kind of like here, you know, kind of like giving a dog like half a bone and being like, look, just behave yourself and you can get this, you know, so much more. You know, they have that. What am I trying to I say? Don't, I see what you're saying. I just I'm, I'm pretty upset that we're, we're making the deal where you can have this now and that later. when I don't think they deserve that later at all, regardless of what they have now. That's I think you see what I'm saying here. I think so what do you suggest that we what do you what do you think is the alternative to this then? I think we need to stand firm in our position and say, hey. If we want them to have manageable levels of nuclear activity like we have now, I'm okay with that personally because, I mean, it's a certain restriction. As long as we're monitoring that, then I'm okay with it. But I think the issue is we're allowing them to have that now and plus letting them know they're going to get more later. They're going to have more opportunity later because I don't believe that they've they've shown necessarily as a country the they haven't shown that they can be trusted with that kind of technology. So I think as we, we should move on and wait a few years before we determine, okay, now we're going to trust you with more and more nuclear activity. But for now, I don't think they'd have the proof. Are we trusted? Are we trust? Is that part of the deal? Are they going to give them more down the road? Well, from what I read from it, eventually they're going to increase their uranium um, enrichment uh, programs as as time goes on. I think it's like a... Because they're given a cap now. They can't yes, go there's, past there's, that 20%. Yeah, I believe it's a 5% maximum level currently. But I believe... Um, it's supposed to cut off the path the bombs now, but I think they're supposed to increase their uranium enrichment program uh, years down the road from what I'm seeing. Well, let's see how they deal with this. I mean, you can only do so much, so give them, you know, give them an inch, and hopefully they take that inch and we'll deal with it nicely and don't try to take the whole yard. If not, we finna bite that. Okay. Um, yeah, so hopefully... Applaud on everyone, on everyone's part for getting together and dealing with this like grown men and getting, doing things for the good of everyone. Of course, nobody, everyone can't be happy with what you get, but sorry. You're right. You're right. Um, so our last uh, segment for today's show, we're going to have another open discussion like we like to have. Um, this week, since Thanksgiving and all that jazz is coming up, we're going to talk about... Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of malls this year are opening on Thanksgiving Boo. evening around like six ish or whatnot. Um, so a lot of people are up in arms on this and like protests about not making workers like, you know, Thanksgiving night. That's supposed to be a time spent with family. And a lot of people eat then or, you know, do things with family. So a lot of I'm people are upset because we're kind of used to the 
you know, Friday morning kind of deal and not the Thanksgiving night. So a lot of people are upset about that. So we just want to go around the room and talk about how we each feel about this. Well, the Los Angeles Times has a story about um, think Black Friday is the best deal to get a deal. And they say, think again. And then another thing, USA Today is talking about um, Black Friday means different things to different people. Some people get vet visits, teeth whitening, and car washes, which I've never heard before, but I think that's interesting. And if you Google Black Friday, Walmart is the first thing that pops up. So somebody's paying for advertising for that. I think the problem lies in the fact that we personally can decide when we want to shop. Like, for instance, I prefer to go – I'll probably go late Thursday, like the midnight deals and stuff like that. I think those are kind of fun to get out too. But as far as going out at 6 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day, I don't want to do that. That's too early for me. But the issue becomes – when people worry about the stores opening at six, they think somebody else is going to get there and get these deals and they're going to sell out before I get there. So that's going to drive everyone else to get there earlier and earlier. So people are all getting there early and then it just kind of ruins the holiday for everybody. I feel like, and you know, once everybody's shopping early and once people, people are going to have to work these stores as well. These don't, these people don't have time off to spend with their family that I think they deserve throughout the year. So I think eventually it's like pushing the entire holiday forward, uh, which I see as a, an issue personally. Yeah, I mean, you're already getting to get to these stores at midnight. What do you need? Like, what's six hours to wait? Like, that's why I don't understand, like, the whole rush. I under I understand the whole rush because it's greed. So I understand a lot of these malls are making their stores, um, the people that have stores in their um, buildings open early, which mm-hmm. nobody's happy about. But the thing is, I don't, like, nobody's going to be hurt by, no, like, you're not going to lose anything significant. By waiting a couple, you know, six hours. As a hour. customer or as a business? As a business. Okay, as a business. Okay. I mean, you, of course, you have the opportunity to gain more, which is all it's about. But I just think it's kind of um, inconsiderate to make people get there at 6 o'clock. Because that means the, if the mall's opening at 6 o'clock, then people have to be there a couple hours in advance to set up, to stock, to make sure everything's good, to make sure things are in the front. So, I mean, now you're pushing people. People got to get there, what, at like 4, 3 o'clock now on Thanksgiving That's Day why. to work? I understand, like, some grocery. Yeah, I understand. I understand, like, certain stores being open during Thanksgiving Day and closing around noon, like grocery stores and stuff like that. I kind of get that. But this is not is not cool to me. Um, Luckily, my store, um, they gave people the option of working Thanksgiving Day. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's time and a half. So, a lot. honestly, I looked at the sign-up list. I'm not on there. But I looked at the sign-up list, and a lot of people signed up because I guess they want time and a half. So I think applaud, applause to all the people who gave their employees a, um, a choice whether or not they wanted to work Thanksgiving. But the fact of the matter is that the managers really – I don't think the managers have a choice because they have to be there whether or not the employees are there or not. You know what I'm saying? So they have to be there. Like they don't have the option of saying, no, I will, or you know, yes, I will, or no, I won't. So I think that's kind of grimy. I remember when people used to enjoy all day Thursday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, and then work Monday through Friday really hard. But I don't know. That was a long time ago. I think you're right. There's there's definitely – I think we're, we're – as a nation, we're very focused on making the profit in capitalism, and I'm all for capitalism. I think that's the best – the like, most efficient like system. There's a limit to it. Like greed exactly. is good isn't something we should really teach everybody. We should teach them that there's a limit. You should be happy yeah. and content sometime in life. I think if we're going to work so hard as a nation and as all of our businesses work so hard during the year to gain an edge and to succeed and make profit, at some point we have to sit back and celebrate that and enjoy what we have and be thankful for what we have. Right now, today. Exactly. I think we, we need to have that perspective every day. But I think Thanksgiving has is, is been set aside as a day where we can do that. 
Eat and turkey, enjoy your family, sit around and talk to people you haven't seen that are related to you in a while. And I think the thing that's it's also tough that's going to put this, that's going to create issues is the people that have the permanent jobs, the careers, I would say, they still have their Thursday off. The people that are working um, the nine to five jobs in like the offices. What we do in college, those kind of jobs. They have their day off. Yeah, teachers have their day off. But, but college students that work, we might have to work. Yeah, the college students have to work. The people that are stuck doing retail, the people that I, I'm going to say the entry-level jobs is what they're, they're typically referred to. Not the ma- Well, the managers, I feel bad for them because they've worked and they've earned their position, yet they still have to work. But I'm saying I think it's going to create like a divisional thing where people are kind of upset saying, hey, the, the people that work 9 to 5 are making us work. Thanksgiving Day. You it's, see what I'm saying? It's 2013. There's already division among, <laughs> among the working class people. But that's that's another topic for another day. Maybe we could save that for next because we actually have a good guest for next week. Yeah, we so maybe who's yeah. coming next week? Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we can. Wait, how do I? How am I on this debate. show and I don't know who's coming next maybe week? Maybe we confused. can rehash. We don't want to say it on air. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know him anyway. So, but we can Thanks. rehash the. Um, we can announce who's in the room right now. We have yeah, I guess audience. we can. Um, so that's. Yeah, we have our first live audience member. Can you say hi? hi? All right, so our two guests are to the mic, like up here. We had a couple people in in house today came to hang out with us in view. Uh, they're gonna take a moment here to introduce themselves. Say something. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Alana. <laughs> I'm Hannah. <laughs> That's it. You want to tell them where they can find you? What? Or talk you? about Catching Fire. Y'all watch Catching Fire, Hidden Dragon. Just kidding. Are you guys like people? Do you do things? Or you're just here telling us your name. Like they want to know. People want to know here. These ladies are in here doing the. They're in here doing the Janet Jackson whisper. So we just got to turn the mic up real quick. You guys want to talk? Turn both the mics up so we can audio on here. Oh, we can hear everything. Alana's going to go first. What do you guys want me to say? Um, What did you think about Catching Fire that just came out on Thursday? It was really good. I recommend it to everyone. (laughs) What were some of the best parts of the movie? As someone, I haven't seen Catching Fire yet. I've heard it's supposed to be the movie of the week, possibly the movie of the year. Got a a lot of rave reviews. So what should I be looking out for? What are some of the things that I can kind of... uh, Expect when I go see it. Don't don't spoil the movie for me. What are some of the best parts? What are some of the things to look forward to? Um, the arena was my favorite part. How they put that together, that was good. Um, I read the book, so I was kind of disappointed with some like the character development that they did, but it was a great movie. So you recommend it? Oh yeah, definitely. What about the music in it? Oh, it was such a great soundtrack. Have you guys seen the um, trailer for the Maleficent movie yet? You guys haven't the seen what? the Maleficent movie? That sounds like a tongue twister. What's that? that movie with a you know Malefic what fairy tale Malefic- is it with with the black head? Medusa. Is it sleeping? No. Yes, Boogeyman. Oh, okay, maybe Sleeping Beauty. Medusa. But, you know I can't even spell Maleficent, but Angelina Jolie is playing Maleficent in um. I bet it's gonna be really good. She's perfect for the role. Yeah, she is. I um. Is she a demon? She's Maleficent. What does that mean? Is that like a word? Do you not know who Maleficent is? No. You would know if you saw us at Disney Girl. We're playing the thing in the studio. We're glad y'all are still listening. Yeah, we're we're watching right now. You you'll know Maleficent once you see her. She's that girl with the horn. That one. The thing that turns into a dragon. Oh, that from um Sleeping Beauty. It's not Sleeping Beauty, is it? That's actually Angelina's daughter. Angelina Jolie's daughter. Yeah. Either way. Okay, I got you now. 
Yeah, so the trailer looks amazing. That's, I think that's Dakota Fanning's sister, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, whatever her name is. She was in Super 8. The other Fanning. Don't you yeah. feel bad when no, you're... No, she was you know, in Super... She was no, she in did Super great, 8. She did a great when job. Super 8's one of my favorite movies. Super 8 was great. It's kind of sad that when you refer to her as look Dakota at her, Fanning's her. sister. She's perfect for this role. Okay, it looks pretty good. The silence is probably awkward for you guys because we're here watching a movie trailer. We're having movie time. She looks great. I've been waiting for this because I've been, I've kind of been following it since they started filming it because they used to like get um, the paparazzi used to get like shots of them filming it. So I've been waiting for a trailer for a while. It's supposed to come out in May. They just got back from Japan. They were doing I think, I think this trailer looks pretty good. What? I don't really understand the plot of it. Um, I guess. I don't know if it's going to follow the original plot of Summer summer 2014. I'm reading the thing. I don't know if it's going to follow the original plot of Sleeping Beauty. I haven't seen it. I just know who Maleficent is, especially because I play Kingdom Hearts, but that's another. About Maleficent and not Sleeping Beauty? I don't know, because I know that they used one of Angelina Jolie's 19 kids to play her um, as, a ki- as a kid. So I don't. I think that they're going to um, use some of it to tell Maleficent's story, because they're showing her as a child. Let me see. Here. So it's like Sleeping Beauty behind the scenes. Like yeah, it's the, a, here's the, the plot. Side. It said Maleficent is the untold story of Disney's, mo- Disney's most iconic villain. So yeah, they're telling the story um, of the villain, which is kind of like what they did for, what's that play, Wicked? Yeah. Wicked, remember? They yeah, told Wicked, it's the witch's perspective, Yeah, they right? showed it by the witch's mm-hmm. perspective. So I think this is really cool. I think Angelina Jolie's the perfect choice for it. Um, yeah. Also, I agree. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Also on the movie, the movie scenes, we're talking about movies. Have you guys seen the trailer for uh, Noah yet? Yeah, I did. Why did Emma Watson? Why is Emma Watson in there? She didn't I don't know. Talk. Not that I'm complaining. That Emma Watson. Yeah, I pressed. It, I, said, I knew Russell Crowe and them were in it, and I saw the trailer. I was like, "Oh, Emma Watson's in it," and then she didn't say anything in the trailer. Yeah, she. So. I think she had like one phrase. Like she said like something to Noah. Logan Lerman's in it. For like a split second, I think Emma Watson was in it. Logan Lerman's in it. Cool. Oh, he's from that movie. Parts of being a wildflower. Such a good What's movie, guys. Yes. I didn't catch him in it. There's like 1,500 people in that. There's movie. a lot of people in that movie. I d- yeah. When was the last time Russell Crowe was in a big time film? I feel like he's Les Mis. Kind of he was in Les Mis. Oh, I didn't watch. Singing like a dead man. He was in Les Mis. I, have, I still haven't seen Les Mis. Javert. I'm sorry. Didn't he played Javert. Yeah. Sounding like he okay. Was well, dead. okay. I swear. You liked his singing in that. I mean, it's not supposed to be perfect. The best part of Les Mis was when Javert killed himself. The best part was when he jumped off that bridge because I knew that I wouldn't have to hear Russell Crowe sing anymore. That was my favorite part. Javert. He sounded so bad. The sass there, dude. It was. Be great, a great singer. I know, but they should. I don't I'm excited for Noah to come out. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. The, the, the I mean, the while we're stars. at it. Oh, the perks of being yeah. the what? The oh, yeah, that's coming out June 6, 2014. Carter's already got the date on it. That. Huh? Yeah, there are a lot of good movies coming out. Kent's in a Hollywood mood, rocking the, sh- the like shades on set That's here. one of my favorite. Love the it. Fallen Our Stars is one of my favorite books of 2013 besides Looking for Alaska. Yeah, yeah. You have to give my, give my book back. Besides Looking for Alaska, I can't decide which one I like more. I'm about to read Paper Towns, too. I just finished... Um, uh, abundance and abundance of capital. Look, next time we have guests, we gotta do this tutorial on like how to talk to a mic though. Yeah, because they're they're just over here chilling. I I we're th- so thankful they're in here. We're glad you guys are here. <laughs> Giving dog frequency. Maybe audio. that's on us. Maybe we gotta do a better so job. We just teaching. did an update on the music and the movies we're gonna watch and that are coming out. So we're glad that y'all tuned in and listened to the 
the movies we're going to be seeing and that are coming out very soon. If you want to find our special guests on Twitter today, you can find them oh! at <laughs> Technical Difficulties. Sorry. You can find them at Lonnie Lon on Twitter. Uh, you can also find it at Hannah Jackson. How you got like four H's in there on the last on the end of the Hannah. Four N's. No, four N's, I'm sorry. Hannah no 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 Jackson. Why did I never notice that? Yeah, it's like spelled. Also you can find the rest of us on Twitter as well if you want to check it out. This is really going left. Very yeah. Um. Thank you for listening to episode nine of Roundtable Radio and all its just messiness and unorganized. unorganized Check it on session. iTunes. Yeah. Subscribe to it on iTunes. Download the podcast app, and um, it'll update every week. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Okay, it's it's fine. The Kids room is not on fire. Here. You can follow us on SoundCloud. Um, on Twitter, we don't have a website yet, but maybe soon. Sort of cool. Let us know um, what you guys want us to yeah, talk about. Yeah, give us some feedback. You can comment on SoundCloud, which is great. Hit us up on Twitter. Any of the followers. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening in. And next week we'll have a good guest on the show. I'm very, yeah, I'm very excited. He's a very opinionated person, so it'll be very good to have someone on here. Till next time, guys. Thank you guys. Much love. Bye. You guys. Say bye. Bye. See y'all next week. All right, bye.